I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome back to the Seventh Inning Stretch Podcast, everyone. Uh, Justin's joining me as usual. We have a fantastic show for you guys. We have uh, Jeremy Biederman and uh, Simon Brundish. We're going to talk a little AL East, the Blue Jays. We're going to talk the Yankees, and then Simon's going to give us his sports science expertise and talk about arm injuries and pitching. So it's going to be good. Make sure you guys uh, listen up. You got it's a lot of knowledge, so you guys might want to listen twice and get your notepad out and uh, learn a little something. Justin, how you doing, man? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. You know, it's it's coming down the stretch. All the league leaders got magic numbers now. So it's just about closing it out. My dog also says hello. I heard that. So, yeah, man, we're going to go straight into it since we have uh, these excellent interviews lined up. And joining us now to, from the Great White North uh, to talk the beasts of the northern wild is Jeremy Biederman. Jeremy, how are you doing today? Good, thanks. Th- thanks for having me. Yeah, so the Jays have been on just a remarkable run since the trades to get Troy Tulowitzki and David Price. Now, admittedly, Tulowitzki's been, you know, kind of up or down, but his presence in the lineup seems to have brought out just a, a, a lot of thunder. Tell me about your feelings on the Tulowitzki trade and what you know, what you think you're going to get from him over over the next six and a half years that he's contracted for. Well. I mean, right now, Tulowitzki, as you may know, is on the DL. Or not on the DL, but he's banged up and he's not playing right now. Uh, but they've got Ryan Goins filling in at shortstop, who's been doing an excellent, excellent job. But as for Tulowitzki, having him and Josh Donaldson on that right side of the infield for the next ooh, four years or so, that's pretty scary, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, that's two all-stars there, and it's just short up that lineup, like, his presence in the lineup has led to a lot of the other guys having success. Batista, Encarnacion, those guys have had excellent, excellent years. And a lot of that had to do with the fact that Tulowitzki was hitting behind them. Although for a chunk of that, don't forget, he was leading, he was hitting leadoff. So uh, I don't know what to make of that, but it, it's just going to be great to have him in the lineup for the next couple of years. It's, it's about time this team had an all-star at shortstop and it shows. Now, with Tulowitzki obviously being hurt right now, and that's kind of been a recurring theme through his career, is there any concern about the injury going to the playoffs that he might be sapped of effectiveness or you know, his, his, him missing in the lineup through the post, you know, the possibility of him potentially being missing through the postseason? Does that well, dampen any optimism or is it just... Yeah, I mean, I think I'm playing it realistically. I, I don't think they lose a lot defensively with Ryan Goins at shortstop. And uh, Tulowitzki wasn't exactly hitting like as he can. He's been hitting, you know, he had a couple of hits, a couple of home runs and stuff. That That's the thing that you're going to miss. He's got that potential for power. And him in the lineup, like I said, it strikes fear into other, other pitchers. Um, just having his presence there is something you don't get with Ryan Goins. Even if he's not hitting, he's still a, somebody that can hit and has done it in the past, so he's got that fear factor to him. Now, another less heralded uh, acquisition 
was Ben Revere. Love him. Yeah, so what exactly is he bringing to the team right now? I mean, I know he's not a very high on base percentage guy, hits for no power, but just tons of speed. What dimension has he added since being acquired at the non-waiver deadline? Well, he's had a lot, I think over 40 hits since he's joined this team. But in over a month, that's pretty good. He's not only that, he had so much energy to the top of his lineup, right? Like, he's the kind of guy that a clubhouse loves, you know? He, he brings a positive energy. He's always in a good mood, always a big smile on his face. And not only that, he's been playing excellent left field. And that's one of the things I think this Jays team has been sorely lacking. Uh, there was some, some holes in the defense. Left field, shortstop. And adding Tulowitzki and Ben Revere have have made that, that, that it's gone away. Like, now there are excellent defenders everywhere you look. So then, coming back then to the staff, because obviously pitching is a spot where you have David Price anchoring rotation, which can't be said enough as to how big it is to have that playoff-tested arm, which David Price is. But beyond that, there seems to be some question marks. How confident do you feel in guys like Estrada and Dickey in short series to give you... Yeah, good results against some pretty tough teams. Well, I mean, confident? I don't know if confident's the word I'd use. Dickey's been outstanding this second half of the season, and he's he's already up over 200 innings. That's that's pretty great for any starting pitcher. Um, Estrada's at he's pitched more innings this year than he's ever pitched before. So I don't know that I can be really confident to see them going forward. I mean, it's kind of they're going into unheralded ground with Estrada. We, he's never pitched this far before, this many innings before, so we don't know how he'll react. But Burley looks shaky lately, but having added Marcus Stroman back to this lineup, to this rotation, has been, it's just kind of been a spark plug, another spark plug that this team needed to get over a hump, right? It's, it's been like a, picking up a, a free agent. At the in the middle of September, and this guy's a can be a. I mean, he's no David Price, but he could be a front of the line rotation guy. Jeremy, uh, yeah, you you mentioned Stroman, and I wanted to ask you something about him. He had a great outing uh, against Boston a couple nights ago. Uh, and, and and what are your thoughts and expectations as a Blue Jay fan going forward and into the postseason? Do you see him as like the third starter going into the postseason now? You know, if he could come into form and, and uh, maintain this throughout the end of the season. Well. From what we've seen, yeah, he's he's he was supposed to be your number one guy this year, and if he can be anything like that, then yeah, yeah, for sure I want him in my rotation. He's kind of like found money at this point, right? Like they weren't expecting to have him back, and the fact that he is back is just kind of startling. But yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's a he. It's not like he had an arm issue; he had a leg issue. So. He's he's got a fresh arm going into the playoffs. If he can continue to build on what he's been doing, yeah, absolutely, I want him in my rotation. Going back to the theme of pitching, the uh, the Jays have been pretty non-traditional with their use of their bullpen this season. No real closer, but going kind of by who's who's going well and when. Any concern there? Which guy in a playoff game would you want to see get the ninth inning? Would it be Osuna, or is a guy like Cecil or Castro going to maybe get the ball for you as well? Osuna's probably my guy. He's been the guy all year. He only really has two blown saves. That one against Boston the other night was kind of ugly. But, I mean, that's only the first time this team has blown a lead going into the, to the eighth inning this year. So, he's my guy. I mean... What I think they've been trying to do, and it's kind of my the, the fault goes to John Gibbons a little bit. He's been trying to get Osuna and Sanchez to do things they're not typically accustomed to doing lately. Like Sanchez has been asked to throw more than one inning, and Osuna has been asked to do you know play in extra innings and stuff like that. And I don't think that's what. I don't think they're ready for that. I think they're slot in as an eighth inning and a ninth inning guy, and that's what they want to be right now. I don't think you can mess around with that formula because that's that's been working for them all year, and now is not the time to start tinkering with it. Now with Aaron Sanchez, as you, you know, as you bring him up, starts mm-hmm. the year as a starter and a highly regarded prospect, goes back into the pen. Is, is his long-term future still as a starter, or 
does it seem to be like he's going to be a, a new type of reliever who's going to go out, pitch a seventh and an eighth inning for you going forward through his career? Or do but, you think he goes back to the rotation next year? That's a good question because right now I, I don't really know. Like up until a couple of weeks ago, I would have said, yeah, they're grooming him to be a starter. But then, now they've tried to ask him to do a couple extra things like throw two innings or multiple innings, and he hasn't had much success with that. So maybe he is a one-inning guy. Maybe he is a closer or a setup man. And if that's the case, as a defined role for him, you can't ask for much better for for a guy. As long as he knows what he's going to be doing every day, I think he'll succeed with that. Um, it could be as a starter, but it's going to take some adjustment for him. And going then back into the playoffs and the overall pitching, Drew Hutchinson, does he have any sort of role, or is he just going to be left off the playoff roster altogether? I think uh, it's kind of a shame, but I think he'll probably be left off the playoff roster. This guy hasn't pitched terribly this year. I mean, he's pitched well at home. Everybody knows that. He can't pitch on the road. But, yeah, I mean, I don't I don't see them having a spot for him. If, if, if um, Marcus Stroman is going to end up with a starting spot, I don't see that. I don't see a spot for Hutchison at all, and that's kind of a shame because he's a good young arm, and you don't like to see that kind of setback for a guy his age. All right, so before we bring you out, I just want to ask you, what what are your feelings as far as where where do the Jays end up? I mean, obviously, they're going to go straight into the division series unless, you know, the Yankees can catch them, which is looking less likely by the day. But where 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 do you see this going? Well, there's this big Blue Jays Yankees series coming up in on Monday, I believe. It's a three gamer in Toronto, and never say never with this Yankees team. The Jays have pretty much owned them most of the year, but this is still the Yankees. So if the Yankees manage a sweep, it's we're down to a half a game, and never say never. But I I, I like the chances of the Jays winning the AL East, but I'm kind of a I, I've been a Jays fan my whole life, and I've seen them. Blown thing, blown leads before, and I've seen you know a lot of bad baseball in this town. So I don't know how how quick I am to to knight them as the AL East champion yet, but it's pretty close. I mean, if once this series with the Yankees is over, if they have a good series there, they win to a three, then I'd say it's probably over. Never rule out the Yankees though. You know what? I actually do have one other question because last week Armando and I on the pod talked about our all-time teams. And one okay. player we both agreed upon was at second base. Both of us would have would have Roberto Alomar. I should hope all, so. all time te- all time teams as far as our memory. <laughs> how's Roberto? How's Roberto Alomar remembered amongst Toronto amongst, amongst Blue Jays fans? Well, he's the only one with his name his number up in the rafters. He's as far as I'm concerned, he's the best position player this team has ever seen. Possibly even best player. And right now, he's doing a lot of charity work in this city. He's got this. Team 12 thing that he's doing, which is uh, um, getting some youngsters into the game, and they get to play at, at the Rogers Center, and uh, you know, so he's done great things for the city. So the city loves him. They, I mean, they've forgotten anything, any wrongdoings he's had in his past, which uh, there were a few. Let's not kid ourselves. But uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, the comparisons already are being made with Josh Donaldson and Roberto Alomar as to who's the best position player the Jays have ever seen. I think that's insane. It's still Roberto Alomar. That's a pretty high regard for a guy who's been there for less than a full season at this point for yeah, Donaldson. Exactly. Exactly. If Donaldson does it for six more years, then we can have this conversation. But right now it's Roberto Alomar and I think you're gonna have a hard time convincing me otherwise. All right. Well, Jeremy, thanks for joining us. Uh, before you go, anything you want to plug? Any uh, anything you're working on? Where can people find you on Twitter? Well, you can find me at count underscore yorga on Twitter and check out our podcast. I'm on the fifth quarter podcast. We're recording a new one tomorrow. A whole rundown of all the games in the NFL. Uh, should be a good one. Episode number seventy-two, I believe. So yeah, you can check us out there. All right, Jeremy. Thanks for joining us. Thanks very much, guys. And now joining us is UEFA B-level coach and sports scientist, Simon Brundish. Sorry, Simon, I couldn't get away from that particular introduction. But Simon is also a huge Yankee fan. So we want to talk about the New York Yankees. I could not believe you introduced me with that. I had to. Had to do it. 
<laughs> so Simon, I am a huge Yankee fan. So how are you feeling about the Yanks at the moment? They're the Yankees. They're going to get to the playoffs. Um, we we got a, we got a huge week ahead if if we manage to beat the Mets today. Uh, take two out of three from Toronto if, if the, the, the evil Red Sox do us a favour today. We could be like, talking one game behind with uh, six to go. With six, how many have we got to go? Six, eight maybe? Uh, I think we've got more than that because we've got six home games in a row. So it's, it's easily winnable still, but we have to go on Monday against David Price. That's quite a big deal. Our, our rotation looks fairly tired at this point. Not quite as tired as our bullpen with uh, Matanzas and Miller with their arms got barely hanging on as as Girardi doesn't trust anybody else in our in our bullpen and uh and one of our only two big hitters is not is not available for the rest of the season now. So with with some kind of magic we'll still manage to make the playoffs but uh we'll have to see what A Rod can come up with by that, that stage. And and it, I think everybody is also forgetting that we have the greatest postseason player in the world in history in our side. So uh, Beltran, at some point, is going to come up huge in the playoffs, get us through that playing game, probably, and uh, win us a World Series. So going back to the most divisive personality in, in Major League Baseball today, I wanted to say modern baseball, but Bonds and Clemens still are actually alive. A-Rod's resurgence this year has been kind of just a, a huge trolling of the world by him. What has that meant to the Yankees this year, and what is it meaning to you? It's hilarious. So, so, so start, forget, forget how brilliant it is for the Yankees. It's just hilarious. We're, for, given the hypocrisy of baseball, that whole stuffy media led, um, anti paired, anti cheat, what a scumbag, uh, person, like the whole narrative that they, that they form. This is a huge middle finger up to those pompous people. And I love it. It's the greatest thing. I I, uh, I don't know what anybody will know. My background is that uh, I I discovered baseball uh, myself. Discovered baseball, obviously, uh, but in 2002, I, I went to my first baseball game in 2002, and I I had to sit through that the brutal uh, defeat by uh, the Marlins. Um, but my my great love of the Yankees uh, kind of coincided with A Rod arriving, so he's much more of a favourite of mine than most Yankee fans given their great propensity for um, the brilliance of Derek Jeter. I was one of those that, that desperately wanted Jeter to move to uh, centre field, actually, to, to accommodate the, the best shortstop. So I'm just happy that, he's, that he, is, he is great this season. And, and it was more than a bonus that uh, the text comes with too. Yeah, also to share as another player I wanted to bring up, you know, people writing him off, seemingly done, comes back in and comes out with another Mark Teixeira-like year. How much did that shock you, considering just how cooked he looked last year? Do you know what? It shocked me more than A-Rod. Uh, A-Rod, you know, he is, he, is, he is one of the three or four greatest players of all time. You can, you can write what you like about, about PEDs, but um, my, my philosophy is that pretty much all, all uh, baseball players in history have taken some form. And he is just the genius of baseball, as is Barry Bonds. Tex is not. Tex is a really, really, really good player who is old and he's not that athletic in the first place and he is properly beat down and he's not been very good for four years probably. So so getting a, an extreme freak of a season out of A-Rod, who is a freak of an athlete, that, I, I thought the chances of that was much better than Tex. But Tex came from nowhere. Tex, and he's been he's been brilliant. He he, he uh, refused to, you know, play into hitting it, hitting the other way to get out of the shift. There's no bunts to third base. He just basically put put him on the table and went, right, pitch me inside. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna hit you out of the stadium. And uh, and he's pretty much done that. He's for the for to be fair to the guy, he got hand injury, wrist injury a year and a half ago. Surgery. It took him a took him a whole uh, off season to to rehab that. So he he wasn't strong. So he's taken a year of battering last year, and then he actually got to lift weights this season this off season and and he felt much stronger he had much more power much more he, theoretically more robust and then uh, and then you know goes and breaks a leg but that's got nothing to do with the straining so um, so yeah a big surprise and a very very welcome one now how big is, how big is the loss of his presence going to be in the postseason huge absolutely huge i think that it, it the effects are mitigated by the discovery, the rediscovery of the brilliance of Beltran, who had been terrible for the whole season, and then 
he's it, his resurgence has kind of come at uh, the right time to cover for Texas uh, disappearance uh, and. and Beltran's been tremendous, to be to be fair, since mostly since the All Star break, but definitely since uh, since August. And we also have uh, Greg Bird, who is one of the big prospects, and he has been way better than I expected as well. He, he's not in it hitting for great average, but but Texas do that. He's got an eight eight like eight sixty OPS. He's, he's, his OPS is like nine forty, I think, since since Tex went down, and that's Tex light. So you can't ex- you can't expect it going forward, but I don't. It will be that unexpected either. I'd rather have both. It might be a big, might be much more of a big deal uh, in National League parks like this weekend without without A Rod being able to play. Um, that's that's a big loss, but we still managed to to take one from you, and uh, hopefully CC's going to put put one over over the Dark Knight tonight. Uh, he's more like Robin, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> I think I he's on a sixty fi- pitch count. I love how fickle you all are. He's he's gone from he's gone from being the greatest pitcher alive, the the almost the greatest Met of all time, to ooh, we're not so sure about this guy now. Ooh, boo boo Harvey. I love it. Yeah, yeah. We, we're we're used to turning on our own. That's that's part <laughs> of the deal. The Mets fans. The Mets fans. Joanna Cespedes is the MVP side. No, he's slumping he's slumping he's slumping this week. He's he's a bum. He's not worth six yeah. years. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was listening. I was listening to ESPN this week, and and uh, some fan was phoning in saying he's basically he's a bomb, and that he didn't even know he couldn't even say his name properly. I love Mets fans. Oh no, we're we're, we're we've been we've been beaten up just one too many times. Mets fans are like Everton fans. I love it. That's a that's a very apt comparison. <laughs> Probably also because uh, but... I think that both time the last time both of us won was nineteen eighty six. Yeah, yeah, it was eighty-five. At last, no, actually eighty-seven. Last time was met, uh, the uh, the Everton were any good, um, but yeah, very true. I, I, to be fair, I because I, I discovered uh, baseball quite late in life. I was like twenty-six or something. That that I don't have the same hatred that uh, that most Yankee fans do for the Mets. I, the 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 kind of the kind of uh, the lovable rogue of. I don't know. I just I just feel for them in in the way that that we do about City in in football. It's it's kind of a similar. I, I don't hate them at all. I I I just feel a little little bit sorry for them. Well, not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, not this season. This season, I've, yeah. I've quite enjoyed them. They've been great. They're good yeah. value. This is obviously not talking about the Yankees now, but uh, but you no, know, really good value this season. I, I that's the advantage of me being uh, not a, a Mets hater. I get to I get to you know. Put it aside. Just watch Mets games if I want to. Some sometimes without that that need to hate on them. Yeah. Well, actually, also because City and the Yankees have an unholy alliance, in my estimation, it's sort of similar. But going <laughs> back, going back now to on topic, want to talk about a player who's had the you know the the difficulty of replacing a legend. How has Didi Gregorius fared as far as the Derek Jeter replacement? Wow. Nobody can can replace a legend, can they? It's, it's impossible. Derek Jeter. For most Yankee fans, he's the greatest Yankee of all time, given that, given just generationally. So, so anybody, anybody younger than Jeter or younger than fifty is probably uh, uh, only arguing with uh, uh, Don Mattingly, the greatest Yankee they, they've ever seen. Uh, from, from my perspective, Mo was the, the greatest Yankee because uh, what Mariano Rivera brought to the Yankees was just otherworldly. And I love Jeter. Jeter's got I've got pictures of Jeter on my wall. And he also had some of the hottest girls in the world, so you can't really, you know, kudos about that. But uh, Didi this year has been—he um, took a while to settle. He was—he was absolutely terrible for the first couple of months, at least. And then since the All Star break, he's made one error, and he has been insanely good. It's like, as I said, I—I I followed Yankees. That's—that's that's it for for baseball for me. And so I've never had—I've never had this great. Shortstop before I hear about them, but it's, it's kind of some kind of myth. Uh, I'm not really sure they actually they actually um, they they actually real. I, I've never seen uh, firsthand the great the great shortstop live. Uh, I've seen you know great plays from uh, that Boston kid they had for a while that they sent to Detroit and from uh, Andrewton Simmons. But Didi has been absolutely amazing. He's probably got 20 meters range on Jeter, and his arm is a cannon. Well, if you want to go back, and Armando will back me up on this, to watch 
some YouTube clips of a guy who turned that better than anybody else. Well, two guys, Ozzy Smith and Omar Vizquel. Uh, yeah, yeah, you no, wanna, I, I, I've, I've seen that stuff. I, I've watched the archive stuff. Yeah. So then going into the Yankee uh, rotation, right now it seems mm. like it's Mashihiro Tanaka and pray for rain. Yeah, pretty much. But but that rain, that but you pray you pray a little bit for rain. But then Severino, he has been tremendous for Kim as well. He could be he could be anything. He's really really good. But then we're we're probably Nova at some points has looked great, and then for no reason. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over seventy percent of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. He has all of the tools. He can, he can pretty much put the ball where he wants to in the, in the, uh, in the strike zone. He's got, he's got velocity. He's got movement. But you really have no idea what he's coming up with that day. He, 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 could, he could go for seven and... Or, or he could, he could, he never takes a no hitter, but you know, he could, uh, he, he could have no score off him from six. So he, he could be the guy. Uh, but you're right. There is no, no banker there. CC has started to pitch maybe the last three, um, games. He's pitched much better, much more. Um, I think he's starting to come to terms with the Pettit, the, uh, Messina kind of way to pitch. It, it must be it must be such a struggle to uh, to come to terms with that you're no longer this great horse of a, a 97 mile an hour fastball do whatever you like power pitcher and and it's taken him longer than most to come to terms with it but hopefully he might have done that now and is he, he's pitching tonight um, against your powder puff um, line line up uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe you can get a bit of confidence going. Powder puff, most home runs in the majors since August first. <laughs> I know, <laughs> that's my sarcasm. <laughs> I, they, you know, absolutely, and they, and and they they quite like right uh, left-handed pitching as well. Oh, they do. Yeah, uh, and and CC is has a propensity to uh, be hit out of the, out of the park too. So uh, uh, smoke and mirrors. That's what I'm hoping for tonight. Now going to another pitcher in the rotation up and down season for Michael Pineda is there is there a pitcher there to salvage and he you know segues nicely onto the next conversation we want to have just overall about the treatment of young pitchers and their arms after injuries specifically Tommy John surgery Pineda before the all-star break he was he was one of the best pitchers in the game he was amazing and then he got tired I'm not quite sure what it is Tell you one thing, I wouldn't. As a Yankee fan, I'm not happy with his uh, sideways cap. That's a nonsense. The the boss would never allow that. Uh, and I think if he just turned it straight, his velocity would come back. His uh, slider would dip a bit more, tilt a little bit more, and he would be back to the uh, the great Pineda of before of the first half. That's 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 where it lies. Um, I, I who knows what this kid's gonna do. He could be anything. He really, really, really is. He he is he is every bit as good as one of your uh, young kids. Yeah, there is one thing that I did notice about him yesterday, uh, when that when the cap was off. 
He yeah. is. He has old man baldness pattern way too young. <laughs> he does, doesn't he? <laughs> but but you know what? Potensis has enough hair to, hair for both of them. Potensis does, and there's another guy who, as you mentioned, his arm looks like it's very close to falling off. It really does. But hopefully, some something to do with his hair will manage to hold it back on because he has the most hair I've ever seen that can just fit under a cap. It like takes it off and it just unravels. This it's got like a meter long, a meter wide fro, and he just puts it under his cap and it just goes neatly. It's insane. But oh, it's, it's real. It's real 1970s. Oh, amazing. But he, um, yeah, he's uh, most fans aren't even aware that he's 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 had Tommy John before, and he he was a starter. But he's one of those big guys. Like they, there's always the Randy Johnson comparison, isn't there? Um, with those really tall guys that find it hard to get locate uh, to get their control, but he he's managed to since they put him in the pen, and he's been insanely good. He probably should have felt a little dis- disgruntled that he got um, he lost the the, the closest job when they uh, they they brought in um, Andrew Miller, but then Miller, Miller kind of proved it, so he's fine. He slots in. He's been he's he's that guy who is uh, he's pretty much how a closer should be. Treated rather than that stupid at one inning at the end of the game thing. He is he is the guy to come and put fire out, and he is amazing. But he has pitched so much that um, I heard yesterday that that Mariano Rivera pitched uh, more than in more than seventy games twice in his entire career. No, three times in his entire career, and Batansis has done it both times in his career so far. Yeah, his, Dallin, his arm is ready to fall off. Seventy-six innings going into the postseason is a lot for a, for a guy who's previous year ninety, going to probably go thirty more innings over the court. Well, thirty is a bit. Uh, that's a bit of a uh, tough estimate there because that's a lot of innings. But uh, but but don't don't underestimate how shit our bull, sorry how terrible our bullpen is. Uh, anybody apart from those two guys, they're just terrible. They're young kids and they just don't have it yet. Or maybe they will, but they really do not yet. So, so Girardi has managed every game since since the first of August, like it's the World Series. And um, as, as soon as anybody gets on base, there can be eight. I, we at one point we had, I think we had an eight nothing lead at one point about three weeks ago, and he still had to bring in Andrew Miller. It was it was insane for one out. And he keeps, so not only are these guys up all the time. So I think Miller's been in seventy and. Batantis has been in 72 games so far, which is just insane. And apart from that, they're also they're also you know getting um, up most days to to get warm. So they're pitching almost all the time, and we are really lucky they haven't blown yet. And both of them have had Tommy John surgery. So now that before we go and before we go on to the overall conversation about Tommy John surgery. Uh, where, where do you see this shaking out for the Yankees? Four games back in the Jays, four up in the in the in the having home field for that wild card play in game. What do you expect, and how far do you think this team can go? I think we'll currently we'll either get because just because of the setup of uh, of oh that's a beautiful thing. I, I can't believe I'm happy about it, but but the Red Sox just went ahead. Um, the because of the schedule, we could either finish first. Or I think we'll finish second wild card because it's all around the next tomorrow and the next three games. And on uh, in Toronto, they will either sweep us or we need to sweep them. I think. I think it one whoever wins the first game, I think will sweep, and then then that will end the race one way or the other. I, and I think it's probably then to be fair because because price is starting and we don't even know who's going for us in, at all in the series. So it, it could well be Rice, uh, Price against against uh, Matt Warren, who is a decent enough pitcher, but, you know, the, the Toronto will probably get 17. So I could see us see us going to Houston for the playing game. And uh, as I said, uh, some, uh, I'm pretty, pretty sure there's some superhero that played in Houston at some point in his career who uh, who's, who's made a great career of being a wonderful playoff hitter. And I think he might go to town playing playing in Houston for the day and uh, and then lead us to the World Series. Understandable. I <laughs> I, I have we'll very conflict, I have very conflicted feelings about the person you're referring to. 
How, absolutely. But how awesome would it be for the Mets and Yankees to be in the, in the World Series final? Uh, the last time it happened was my freshman year of college, and I made a lot of enemies. Not that awesome. Yeah, Arm- <laughs> Armando does not want to see that. He The East Coast bias for Los Angelino is like the worst thing ever. Yeah, I know. It's I, okay. know. I, I, I would happily settle for a, for a, a Yankees Dodgers final a World Series. Yeah, well. that'd be quite that, fun. That, yeah, that's something I can get behind for sure. I don't want to see that. <laughs> as, so, as, as long as long as Beltran is going to be the the uh, World Series MVP, that's how I draw it up. It would just be more amusing if it was against the Mets. <laughs> I can understand that. <laughs> so, so now going into uh, this, con- the con- Matt Harvey has spurred a conversation now about the arbitrary nature of in- innings limits. The innings limit that was placed on him what, by Dr. James Andrews po- apparently or supposedly was 180 innings. Now, to me, that seems a bit strange because, and there's a great Jason Stark article that I sent out as required reading before this. Yeah. The, the concept of 180 innings from your sports science background, is there anything that you would ever say to, to, to someone around the, this is exactly what you can do, but set it at something as arbitrary as an inning? It's ex- it isn't exactly the same as in football having us that you, you return for, in, return from injury and you do uh, you come on at 60 minutes or 30 minutes of a game. It's it's like, that's a very round number. Like, how, and everybody is the same. How is that? How what, how do you get to that conclusion? I, I, I don't see it. The, I, I, I know all of the... Is it Tom Verducci that originally came up with the... Uh, yeah, it's the Verducci uh, theory the red, of... Yeah, the Verducci theory. The, 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 red, the red zone is... is uh, Will Carroll is... Uh, He's kind of brought into this as well. Uh, I love Will, um, but it's it's kind of. I, I think the the nature of all sport, but very much baseball, changes all the time. So the physiological demands, though it's what would be a close skill because it's it's repeating the same thing over and over again. Whoever's in in the batter's box is is theoretically the same as it was 30, 50, 70 years, well, since it since the uh, uh, mound got raised, is the same. But it's not, because the, the athlete that's performing said act of pitching is is a completely different animal now as 20 years ago. Like, all 18-year-old blokes, all men, they're all huge. Like, Americans, American men are huge anyway. But there's a whole generation of these kids that are mammoth, that all throw 100 miles an hour. And so we're, one, we're applying historical data to them. So, so our predictive, predictive, um, numbers we're applying, we're suggesting that they should hit only these targets are because we've started to see trends historically. But you can't possibly compare Matt Harvey who is an animal, who is a beast of a man, with Jamie Moyer. They're, they're just, they're completely different. They they're completely almost, different in every way. In every way. So, so um, every pitch is different. So the velocity they're throwing here is, is, is very different. But also the deceleration on various sinews of their arms and shoulders is slightly different because of the angles that they throw. And it's generally the deceleration that causes causes the damage rather than what people seem to believe that it's it's to do with the rotation that they impart on the wrist. But it's actually so so it 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 seems people people have this perception that it's uh, you twisting your wrist to cause the the curveball. That's where it, that's 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 the the nature of it, isn't it? Everyone believes it's curveball. It's very often two things. The shoulder goes from absolutely go, goes from deceleration, from from how you uh, how you're breaking your arm, and the curveball goes from the, originally from the rip to it's then the you have two types of, of uh, muscular contraction, well three, but the two main types are are the acceleration, the deceleration, the concentric and the eccentric, and it's the breaking phase of that rotation that is causing the damage, causing the rips. We train eccentrically now all the time. All players will be training. So you'll have heard of Eric Cressy, of Mike Boyle, um, the arm care programs they, they, uh, implement now across the board with kids that are from like 10. These kids didn't do, no kids did this 10 years ago. Nobody had even heard of it 20 years ago. So how can they apply the same rules to these kids that, that have strengthened 
at those um, tendons and ligaments since they were five, ten years old, and then, and then also uh, they're also getting thrashed in a way that they've never done before due to. Um, do you have like travel clubs and stuff? Oh yeah. That, that yeah. So so they'll go to so baseball camp. Uh, whether people are Americans are listening or English people or people around the world, whatever. That that if you're good at baseball, you will. Um, your parents will pay lots of money for you to go and get um, uh, a great coach in a great team, and then you go to a regional uh, group, and then you go to some kind of travel group. Is that right? That that go Absolutely. around and play against really good other teams. But there is a, there is a great distance involved in a lot of these as well. But they play an insane amount of baseball, so they don't get days off. They don't get there's no off off uh, yeah there's no off season built into their baseball into their lives basically. They just play baseball the whole time, and, and yeah then, exactly. And then if they're really good, they get to go to Rice and and have their arm thrown out like ripped off by their uh, by their coach who is desperately trying to make their college program successful so he can get rich. Um, and they'll they'll be pitching 200 pitches on a Friday night every week. Um, and and these are circumstances that didn't even exist ten ten years ago. Never mind fifteen years ago. So we're getting these these rules by a surgeon who is literally guessing. He is a genius of a surgeon, but he is literally guessing. He's using historical data that you that has no efficacy these days. But but Simon, wouldn't you think that I mean innings is cap is one idea, but wouldn't like pitches or. Something like that that you can quantify a little better than innings because you don't know how many pitches you're throwing in an inning, how stressful an inning is, or anything like that. Wouldn't like pitches make a little more sense, at least to like the common person? One hundred percent, one hundred percent. But these days, but there, are, but you can't even do that because then, then what for each person? Um, what is the is the the um, load on them physically if they uh, throw a fa- a fastball? And what happens if they throw a curveball? And what happens if they throw in a changeup against? Um, then compare that to a different guy who's thrown a 98 mile an hour fastball compared to an 89 mile, mile an hour fastball. Do both of those pitches count the same? So it's really hard to create this model. What's what's beginning to help is that um, two companies have have um, created a sleeve. One of them goes over the elbow, and one of them thinks it's better to go over the wrist. But they they monitor the the speed and velocity of of your arm and the and the place um, in space and time of which the arm is moving. So uh, you can create a, bio, a biomechanical model of that arm in real time on an iPad. If so, if it, over time you can develop a model of that particular kid or or, or picture um, to see what is normal. And uh, what is good practice? What is actual good mechanics for that arm or not? And when that when that uh, arm is starting to slightly slow down, so so neurologically it's firing slightly slower. Then then maybe a, a coach can uh, can take him out of the game with so they can see exactly what's going on with that arm at all times. That the uh, which which forces are uh, being put under that arm, or which. Once we can know, once we can see what is normal for that each pitcher, so arm angle, so uh, how fast he moves his arm from the set position, and how quickly from the from full acceleration he can decelerate. Once we can see that, then we can develop a, a model to see when pitchers are getting tired, or and and when we can reg flag them for potential injury. Till then, it's complete guesswork. All of the other stuff is just absolute guesswork. So I don't believe in James uh, Anderson's model. That's all, or Tom Verducci's. So going back though to this whole, it's guesswork as to when a pitcher might, you know, be prone to injury. There's been a massive spike in Tommy John surgery over the last two, three seasons in the majors. You know, you hear all sorts of different theories, like you know, arms are just getting blown out because you're putting kids through single sport specialization at way too young an age introducing breaking balls at way too young an age, trying to throw just as hard as you possibly can, are, is, is basically what you're saying, that all of these different theories are theories that have that, that nobody can really give you a definitive opinion upon? Yeah, they all have some kind of evidence, but uh, they are, they're not substantive. They are just, they happen to exist in somebody that has Tommy John surgery. Uh, they aren't 
nobody knows the cause. They just know that the kid with, with Tommy John surgery happened to play too much baseball, happened to uh, specialise really early playing baseball, and uh, but they, they don't they don't know what is the actual cause for it at all. I, I, I believe the main cause, my, my philosophy, my, my idea behind this is that the main cause of, uh, of the extra injuries is that we are bigger and stronger now. That, 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 uh, that maybe my, my background, my uh, area of field is, is a little bit to blame in that strength conditioning is phenomenal uh, at making people stronger. And, and also at college level, it's really good at making the muscles grow. So these kids, before their full skeletal system has grown, are, are adding big muscles, which makes their arm move faster. But they're, they're not necessarily giving their ligaments and tendons time to, time to uh, catch up with that growth so that then they become the weak link in the kinetic chain from uh, throwing a ball and then they tear because they can't keep, they, the brake essentially can't keep up with the accelerator. That, that makes some pretty strong sense. Now, there's another injury in baseball that's become also a bit more common over the last few years that I would like to ask you about, which is, and, and why it takes so long to return from it. Oblique injuries seem to be also on the rise. Typically, uh, what, is injuries, it about, they, what is it about uh, the oblique injury and the abductor that make them so hard to heal? They're postural, so you can't ever rest them. So you use them the whole time for, for all actions. Um, they're trunk exercises. So between, the, between like mid-thigh and mid and the thorax and the, the bottom of your ribcage, all postural muscles, so you use them all the time for everything. So it's, it's pretty much impossible to, to turn them off, to not use them. Makes it much harder to recover from. Yeah, that was, that was great stuff, Simon. That's fantastic information, dude. I had no idea about, you know, the collegiate athlete, the muscles getting, that, none of that gets covered on this end like that. So that's fantastic, man. Yeah. It, it's, it's weird, you know, Will doesn't talk about this stuff. I think he, he must do somewhere, but in the end, you know who he is, don't you? Yeah, Will Carroll, the uh, baseball injury specialist. Exactly. Um, yeah, I, 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 read, I read a lot of his stuff. Yeah, yeah, but he, he, uh, he, he keeps getting sacked. It's, it's crazy. No, it seems like no one wants to listen. People want their fantasy advice, but no one actually wants to listen to him. Before we let you go, and also so you don't get into a, into a, into a crash, is there anything you wanna anything you wanna plug? For a start, you all should, everybody should listen to this, but they, you already are. And um, so I'll I will uh, plug you on here on my other podcast, which uh, is my my very own, uh, hosted by myself and Neil on the box about American TV shows generally. And um, so if you're in America, get on that because uh, we. we we, we talk about stuff that you'll be watching all the time. Uh, we've just this week released a full preview show uh, talking about all of the good stuff that's, that's coming out. A, little, a couple of things came out last week. The League, wonderful TV shows that you'll be aware of. If you're in England listening to this show, this is, that is awesome. Um, but definitely get on that. And the other thing would be uh, get on the Global Pods. The Global Pods are absolutely tremendous quality. And... There's a series, I think we're up to five, episode five of uh, my sports science stuff. Uh, so listen to me, don't listen to me, whatever. Uh, but do listen to the Global Pods because those boys are tremendous. All right, thanks, Simon. Simon and uh, get home safely. Cheers, Si. Good luck to your Yankees, buddy. <laughs> Cheers, guys. Bye. And now, as always, we're going to end the show giving you our players of the week. Armando, who do you got from the National League? National League, you're not going to like this. It's not going to be popular with you, man, but I'm going to go with Bryce Harper. 458, five dingers, 10 ribbies. The kid's been unstoppable, over 40 homers now, and uh, he's just going to get better. The sky's the limit for the kid. And uh, with the decline of Mike Trout this year, Bryce Harper's rise, that conversation is getting more and more interesting. Well, I think I'm going to have to give you a runner-up because I also was going to go with Harper. So just for the sake of just for the sake of giving everybody another flavor of a National League player who had a great week, slap hitter, D. Gordon. Homer, five ribbies, two steals, 429 batting average, 419 on base percentage. The reason I picked this one is because of the fact that I love it in a situation where a guy's batting average actually exceeds his on base percentage. <laughs> I love D. Gordon, man. I can't yeah. be mad at that. I love the, I love the whole, you know, I, I'm, I'm wondering, I'm trying to figure out the scenario under which that happens. That has to be as, that has to be a strikeout where you've reached, right? Yeah. That's got to be the only way. That's the only way I could think. So going into the AL, who did you have? 
I had uh, Adrian Beltre, 556, two dingers, 12 RBIs. The guy's been out fire carrying now Texas to the now, you know, the AL West lead. And uh, I don't think they're going to let it go. Their bats are way too hot. I have to give a runner up again because I also had Beltre. Man, at least, you know, we're on the same wavelength. It's good. We've been uh, talking to each other way too much. It's obvious. That's uh, way too clear. But I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with one of his teammates, the Prince. Three homers, nine ribbies, 370, 485 on base, 704 slugging. Had a great week. It's good to see him swing again, swing again, man. It's good to see him, uh, you know, turning it back around and healthy. Yeah, he's one of the more likable guys in the game. Yeah, for sure, man. He's been hitting it out of Detroit's uh, Tiger Stadium back in the day when he was 13. So I, it's uh, it's routine. Plus, I also just love the fact that he's his size and has gone on an all-vegan diet for the past, like, six or seven years. I, I don't know how that happens. Basically, basically genetics. Yeah, it doesn't diminish at all. At all. Yeah. So that's it for us this week. We hope you uh, enjoyed listening. Hope you got some great information from Simon about how arms snap in half. <laughs> uh, yep. So, Armando, got any last thoughts? Uh, no, nah, man. All I got to say is go Dodgers, and we're ready. Hope When those Mets come to town, we'll be ready. Yeah, guys, um, Armando and I might have uh, a little situation of a podcast divided upon itself is actually more entertaining. Yeah, it's going to be great. You guys got, better stay tuned for that. All right, well, thanks, everyone, and we'll see you next week. Bye, y'all. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.